Hey guys, <clears throat> welcome to today's Life Coach Pod After Dark. Actually, it's not really dark. It's later in the day than I usually record, but I really wanted to get this done. And I have had not a good time lately. I have been struggling. Look, I even made my hair purple. That's how much I've been struggling. So today's show is about the struggle. And it's the struggle I think a lot of people are having. And so I want to dive into it and talk to you about what's been going on. And see if I can't provide a little motivation and tell you what happened to me today to change things a bit. So it's your, it's a regular life coach pod, all good that way. But what we're going to get into today is something that's a little bit hmm, uh, woo woo. Maybe if you're not used to being conscious, conscious about the decisions you make, if you're not used to functioning in the world with awareness, this is going to feel a little different. What we're going to do is talk about creating change without leaving your chair. So there you go. Some of us are able to leave our chairs, but some of us are staying at sh sheltered in place, depending on your age, depending on your health, what else is going on, if there's an outbreak going on around you. So it's definitely crazy times and it can be uh, sad. And that's what got me is that things got sad. So here, let me stop sharing for a minute and just go ahead and, and uh, talk to you about what's been going on. So this started, I think, I, I am sheltering in Sacramento. I think you guys know this is my dorm room in my daughter's house. I'm sleeping on an air mattress and I have, um, I, I'm doing fine. And in fact, we had some drama happen last week where I had to race down to Santa Cruz and get my cats because one of my cats had gotten away and that was traumatic. And I think that's kind of what started this slide because I didn't expect to have to go hunt for my cat who had been missing three days. Basically it was the third day when we found him. So I don't want to exaggerate, but it was two nights out and then a whole day. And then it was the evening again, which here's my wrist where he ripped open my arm and I have my now antibiotics thanks to that. But what happened because of that is that it meant um, Katie and I left Sacramento. We raced down to Santa Cruz and suddenly we're out in a world where there's a pandemic. And I've been pretty neurotic about protecting myself and not being out because I, I don't know, I'm 58. I don't want to take a lot of chances. I don't know how I'm going to bounce. They cite obesity as being a comorbidity and it's like, well, nobody's ever accused me of being skinny. So I need to watch it. I don't, I don't know. I could be just fine. I mean, there's every reason to believe I would be just fine, but I don't really want to know. And frankly, when I hear about what's happening to people and what their symptoms are and how they're recovering, it's still scary to me. So, okay. So I've been blue, been pretty blue. And so I've, and I've been, uh, you know, running around and I didn't like that my mom was out looking for the cat. Everybody's out looking for the cat. We're all being careful, but it just was a lot of flurry of activity and travel and gas stations and bathrooms and things that I just didn't expect. So it got me, I was feeling pretty depressed and unmotivated. In fact, yesterday, I think I slept most of the day, which is pathetic. It's just pathetic. It's not how I was starting this off. And definitely, I think everybody's having their high days and their low days, but it really sucks. Ah, one of the cats, you can hear them now. Anyway, it really sucks. But I, you know, I, I know mind over matter, mind over matter. How many times do we tell ourselves this? This is the coaching ourselves, right? Mind over matter. You're a coach, Jen. You know how to do this. Come on, buck up. Just get over it. You're just going to shift gears. <sighs> you know, the trick, you know, all the tricks that are out there. First of all, like smile. The muscles in your face will help your brain feel better. But do it in private because otherwise people are going to think you look special if you're just sitting there smiling by yourself. Okay, it does make a little bit of a difference. Even I just do it right now, I can feel a little bit better. But also I'm talking to somebody, so it makes a big difference for me. Of course, there's exercise. Go get some endorphins and you'll be happy. You just need to know this body type, whatever this body type is, 
made in Germany by people who apparently need extra body weight to keep them safe and warm. I know endorphins. I've never experienced an endorphin in my whole life. Just, I am not an endorphin person. I do like being in the water and water aerobics are key for me. That is like the one place where I feel like, I feel like the hippopotamus that can do ballet. I love being in the water and I feel so graceful and, and elegant in the water. Don't ever, but any, anybody ever tell me any different because I think I am the bomb in the water in terms of how comfortable I am. But we're not in the water right now. I'm waiting for pools to open because I'm like, water aerobics, how bad can this be? But that's not how the game is played. It involves locker rooms and people at the front desk and all those things that are infrastructure that I know everybody's being careful. So I get it. Can't get in the water. Uh, another thing to help your mood, avoid sugar. Um, okay, the food is toxic and it's going to make you feel more depressed if you eat sugar. Um, but hello, what is chocolate for? It's there to remove depression. And I got to tell you, I think chocolate's in one of my main food groups. I mean, they're just at chocolate. Come on, how can we not live without chocolate? And then, of course, there's the hull. Get pretty. Fix up. Look, I have a new shirt. It's the same color as my crocheted bedspread because somebody really likes this color. Um, that's my Monet bedspread. It's because I based it on a Monet painting, but I just love, I love this color. So, okay, put on something pretty. Um, fix like you care about your life. Fix your hair. Put on some makeup. Um, but yeah, I'm really lucky if I manage to put on deodorant. That is really the upside for me is if I can remember to put that on, which is somewhere in this room because I'm living still ad hoc out of a suitcase. And then, of course, there's the be grateful, which, by the way, let me be clear. I am grateful. I truly am grateful. I have housing. I have food. I even have the payroll protection plan, program, whatever it's called, the BBB. And I have the health and my loved ones. And yet... None of these things really have cured my pity party. My pity party has not been very fun. In fact, last night, I wasn't the only one having the pity party. Uh, Katie was having one too. We just sat out in the living room and talked to what now consists of a, uh, is it a murder of cats? Do I have a murder of cats? There's so many cats in this house right now because Katie had a cat and then I have my excessive number. So we sat in the living room crying about how sad we were and played with the cats. That's, that's really what it's come down to. Okay, so the biggest struggle I realize when I think about it, when I'm really struggling with like, what is getting to you so hard, Jen? It's this idea of agency. I love this word agency and I love the concept. And, and the idea is in social science, agency is really defined as an individual's capacity to act independently and have their own free freedom of choice. So I talk a lot about this when I was dealing with the teenagers, when I was doing the teen lab, because I think we've stripped a lot of agency away from teenagers. They used to work in the, they used to work for us. Like they would work in the family. They used to be able to produce things and get jobs. Teenagers can't get jobs. Well, maybe they will now, but teenagers can't get jobs the same way they used to. And also we've so bombarded them with prepare for the SAT and have this many charities and this many do-gooders and all your sports. They, they have no agency. They're just walking around like automatons but okay we're gonna kick that soapbox back under the table because that's one of my soapboxes teenagers need agency but frankly everybody does it's the idea that what you do matters and that you can do something that makes a difference agency is super super important and when you're unemployed and when you're sitting in a pandemic and sheltering in place and trying to support the kid meaning you know provide pr providing moral support for the kid it's hard to feel like you have a lot of agency so um, I have been struggling with that. And um, tweeting is really about the only way 
that I'm saying anything to the world because no, God knows I'm a um, compulsive extrovert and I have to talk. God forbid you make the mistake of calling me because I'm just going to talk, 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 talk at you. But anyway, the idea of agency and tweeting is like one way I think people feel like they have some agency, except you really don't because nobody gives a crap if you tweet. And, and the few people that do, God love them. They're your, your friends and your fans and they, they support you, your followers, whatever you want to call them. You may have a little agency there, but it's hard to really affect change and to have a really big difference in the world, you know, make a big difference in the world. So what I realized is that I needed to make a change and that agency was an issue, but um, I needed to do something to make today be different because it's been about seven days in a row of just bleh, feeling gross. And um, I decided, okay, I'm going to be productive tomorrow. I'm going to get up early. I haven't been getting up that early because why? Why get up early? What's the point? There's nobody waiting for me. Nobody expects me anywhere. Nobody even cares if I answer an email or send an email. So why am I going to get up early? The corollary that goes with that, of course, is go to bed. And I understand it's not just me. A lot of people are having a hard time going to bed at night. Again, why? It's boring. It's, I mean, okay, going to bed is always boring. It's nice, but it just not doesn't feel the same. It's not like we lived a good day. I lived my best day, and now I'm going to bed satisfied. No, it's just kind of like another thing that we do. In fact, my daughter was complaining because it's like, ugh, sometimes it feels like you live the whole day just waiting for night. To what? Do it all over again tomorrow. I mean, pandemic really does bring out some of the worst in us in terms of our lack of um, internal motivation and self-discipline. All right. So I decided last night I'd go to bed at a reasonable time and, and I'd get up at a reasonable time and I would shift my energy. That was my resolve. Well, I'm in Sacramento. We're having a mini heat wave. That means the temperatures are up over 100 degrees. And Yes, I do have a fan aiming at the new birds that are nesting outside my window. We have new birds. The old, the Chirpensteins are done now. And so when the morning, when you wake up in the morning in Sacramento, it's actually quite lovely. It's cool. It's beautiful. Um, I woke up at 645 this morning without a plan. It happened without my knowledge of forethought. It just was how the universe decided to wake my butt up. Um, I really don't do mornings very well, but I do have this memory of my grandmother's house, which was, she's, it, when I was little, it was in Carmichael near Sacramento, which is um, not that far away from where we are here. And then she lived in the Alta Arden area in Sacramento. And the memory that I have is that in the morning, I had to sleep on the sofa in the living room. I don't even know where my brother slept. I think on the floor somewhere. Poor bastards. Anyway, I had to sleep in the living room and it would start with the sound of the percolator. My grandmother and my mom had figured out a way to have it on a timer. So that stupid coffee maker would start doing that. Um, that sound would go off and I'd know, okay, it's morning. And that would usually be 6.30. But then grandma would come out and she always smelled like grandma, whatever that smell is, that cold cream perfumey smell. And she'd open up the house. That was the ritual of opening up the house. And with that, while laying there on that um, pull-out sofa in the living room, the cool air would come in. It would smell so good because the, they would have just watered outside. You'd smell the plants. Mornings in Sacramento on hot days were just the best. And so this morning, when I got up so early, I decided to open up the house, listen to the birds sing, which they were. They were very happy this morning. Have some coffee. Talk to my nesting birds. I'm not going to tell you if they talk back. That seems like that's kind of personal. And then... Um, and settle in and enjoy myself. And I jumped on Twitter. And as it turned out, 
I saw this tweet from Stephen Beschloss. Now let me share my screen again and I will read it for you. It said, he was replying to someone else or retweeting something, but he said essentially, an antidote to these troubled times, build new partnerships, work, and work with smart and dedicated people, encourage great writing, keep learning, keep advancing, don't give up, create new things, write. So I suffer from the delusion of thinking that I belong to a group of people who definitely want to create change in this world. Um, it's my favorite delusion and I will continue to act on it because I do think the way that things are going to change is that there are going to be a whole bunch of us deciding that the way we were doing things and have been doing things kind of sucks. Discriminatory, doesn't necessarily promote civil rights, doesn't necessarily um, support human rights. There are so many flaws. We live where there's too many, too few people that have most of the resources and too many of us that have very little of the resources. Taxes to me are not socialized socialism, but in fact, it's a way we co-collaborate and create great things together. And so I, because I belong to this group of people that I think want to change the world, this really struck me because it reminded me that's what I'm trying to do. That's what my purpose is, is to be, create new partnerships, to work with smart and dedicated people, and to keep learning and keep advancing, no matter what that means. Even right now, if I'm not working so much, I can still do those things. Well, I'm talking to you today, right? Okay, so the cool thing is that then I went ahead and replied to him because, you know, extrovert. And I said, hey, Stephen, you have no idea how much I needed to hear this. Drowning in a puddle of worthlessness as I am broke unemployed and feeling desperate to have agency. I forgot. That's on me. I'm keeping this tweet to remind me. Heck, I might even make it a poster. Thank you. The idea of who's responsible for me feeling like I have agency is me. Nobody else can do that for me. It's, it's, that's on me. So you need to know I love this guy. Stephen Beschloss, if you don't know, if you haven't heard him, he appears a lot on MSNBC, but he used to appear all over ABC, different news shows. He's a historian. He knows about our presidents. He knows about what we've done. In fact, I, I say he's kind of at this weird, interesting intersection of history and then the this anthropological nexus of, all, of our culture, right? Because he knows about politics and economics and cultural norms and those things that societal values. So he kind of brings together all these pieces. If you haven't had a chance to, to listen to Stephen Beschloss, you should. Um, and I'm saying you should just because he's, con he's considered one of uh, America's great treasures in terms of understanding how we work as a society and what those things are. So the best part, of course, this morning is that when I sent that, within a few minutes, he sent me a tweet back. He saw my tweet and he said, hang in there, which profound as hell, right? But hang in there was really it. it was this idea was just, you know, hey, we can all do this. We can make this happen. So that, that got me stopped. Um, it got me thinking this morning, like, what can we do? What can I do? What do I need to do is I need to, first of all, get back to podcasting because that's really important to me, not just the Life Coach Pod, but also The Lawyer's Daughter, where I talk about my dad's murder. Those two things are important to me, and I do feel like both of them, both of these podcasts are shifting people and how they think, and that is important to me. Um, but I also know that there are some techniques I've learned that could help support this change in perspective and this change in energy that I need to, to manifest in order to get in a better mood and to be able to be productive again and 
to give a crap, you know, to get motivated and, and motivating myself and providing my own self-discipline, all things that are hard and difficult and yet really important if you want to keep going during these tough times, right? So I remembered way back in coaching school, which is just right now, I'm still, I'm not quite done yet. I'm almost done, but I'm not quite done yet. There's a few more pieces of homework I have to finish speaking of motivation and self-discipline. But I remember there is a way that you can change how you're thinking and how you react to things. And you don't even have to get out of your chair to do it. And I thought, oh, that's the perfect kind of thing to share. That there are ways to change outcomes, to change your reality without having to get up out of your chair. Because frankly, that the only thing people are getting out of their chair is chase their children, make food or clean houses. Blech, if that's if you're sheltering. So let's, let's go into what is it that you can do that can make a difference. And the trick is this thing called um, thought, feeling, action. And it comes out of cognitive behavioral therapy. If you do not know what cognitive behavioral therapy is, you should. It's great. It's good stuff. It's very applied. It's very um, tactical. It works a lot with people with trauma, which is probably why I've come in contact with it so often. Um, but it's, it's all about taking your thoughts and changing your behavior. So it's this mind-body connection, which I think is so powerful. Uh, it, it just can help manifest your outcomes. So based on cognitive behavioral therapy, there is this thing, there is this, this tool we use based cause called thought, feeling, action. And let me just share a minute of how this works. So I'm going to go ahead and share my screen again. And I want, for those of you that can see this on video, if you're listening, basically what I have here is three columns. And on these three columns, there are three titles, thought, feeling, and action. So if we take my before scenario, when I was yesterday, when I was feeling so shitty, let's just call it what it was, and I was really struggling, the thought that I was having was this pandemic will never end just feels like it's never going to end. And boy, listen to a 20-year-old when it starts to become a percentage of her life, lifetime for her, for a 20-year-old, losing a year is a big deal. That's a whole year. For me, it's not quite so significant, but it's still a big deal. Anyway, I thought was this pandemic will never end. I'll be trapped in this damn house forever. Okay, that's, that's the thought. That's what I'm thinking, which anybody who knows that when I, I coach energy, I talk about energy, I look for folks to be aware of their own energy. This kind of energy is really unproductive energy. It's very victim-y. It's very things are happening to me. I don't have any control. It's a it's a not a great kind of energy to have. The feeling that I got from thinking those thoughts is that I give up. I give up. I can't change the pandemic. There's no point doing anything. This thing's going to be here forever. We're doomed. We're stuck. This is what's going to go on in this world until, well, until we figure out we get a vaccine or we figure out some way to, to shut it down, this thing's gonna be here and it's for real. And so we'll all decide what our own level of risk is, but, but the, the virus is gonna be here. It's, it's just out there. I, I know it is, I hope it's not in here, but it is just out there. So with that kind of feeling, that kind of negative feeling, the action that I took was then, um, do we still have ice cream? Or, or maybe there's something good on Netflix, by the way. So bored, it's hard to watch Netflix. Um, oh, I'll take a nap, which is, by the way, what I did. I had managed to close my world down so hard and make it so tight and, feel, and feeling so small and powerless that napping is what felt like the right thing to do. So I took a nap. And then I woke up, ate, and then I went to bed. 
there you go. There's my whole, oh, late. I went to bed late, but at least I got up early this morning. So I'm hoping tonight I'll go to bed at a decent time. So that, that, those sequence of events, the thought, feeling, action is really powerful. And, and what coaching does, and on self-coaching in this case, but also anybody who's working with a coach or anybody who wants to do this for themselves, because you can, is that you need to look at those three things and start to make a change. And when I read Stephen's tweet this morning, I realized, shit, I had been sitting in my own um, sadness and low energy and victimhood and whatever you want to call it. I just was sitting in that mire. And by the way, these things happen all the time. Everybody has a moment when they're in that unproductive energy. Don't blame yourself for it. Just acknowledge it and then figure out if there's a way to get out of it because we all go to that place and we're going to go there a lot of times during this pandemic. It's just going to happen because this is hard and there is stuff happening to us that we can't control. So it's easy to end up feeling that way. But when you notice it, again, being conscious and aware, sorry, got a little bit of bugger, conscious and aware, you can start to change what you want to have happen. You can change those actions. So you change the thought, change the feelings, change the actions. So in this case, I went ahead and said, okay, look what Stephen just said. Keep learning, keep advancing, don't give up. All right, that's my new thought. Keep learning, keep advancing, don't give up. With that new thought, sitting with that today, kind of like a slap in the face, I realized, oh my God, Instantly, my feelings shifted, and I was thinking, ah, my optimism feels like it's coming back. That's right. That's what I'm here to do. I'm joining a group of people who wants to change the world. We want to change how we're currently living so that we can all live our better lives. We can provide service to one another so that we focus on the good and not the bad. So we're doing good deeds and not hurting each other. There's so much crap in the news. I don't want to be part of that. I want to be part of the change. So my optimism came back because that thought about keep learning, keep advancing, don't give up, changed my feeling to one of optimism, which then made me naturally, because I am typically optimistic, my creativity came back and I felt powerful again. I mean, I felt like I could, I could make a difference, that I am here to do something that matters. Um, even if it's just influence one or two people, I still feel like that's important. And because of that, my actions started to change. And I have been trying to write for days, probably for weeks. It's been hard. I've had a really hard time lately writing. And suddenly today, I found the words. The words came back. I was able to put this together so that I could do a new podcast. I'm feeling motivated to talk to our guests again and get them back on the show. Uh, we're going to start rocking and rolling this podcast. I'm going to get the lawyer's daughter going again. But that's just it. This is the reason I'm talking about this is I want you to do this for yourself. I want you to think about how to change the thoughts so that you can trigger different feelings so that you can have different outcomes. And that outcome are the actions that you choose to take, which is really important. It can make a big difference in these kind of hard times. So let me tell you one way to think about this. Um, there's a worksheet that I have in the blog. So if, you're, if you want to check out the blog, there, the, there's a companion blog for this podcast in this video. You can go in there and grab the link to the worksheet. But the worksheet essentially is just the three columns, thought, feeling, action. And then what you need to do is figure out what's going on with you. 
So some people lead with their feelings. And I have a great link in the blog to a thing called the um, wheel of feelings. I think it's what it's called, the feelings wheel. Anyway, it's a, it's a really interesting way to look at feelings because sometimes I think that's the thing where Americans are the worst. Like we say, we feel bad. Well, what does that mean? No, I actually feel powerless and I feel helpless and I feel apathetic. Okay, that's better. It's a better description of your feelings. You can go in there and look at the wheel of feelings and help yourself figure out what you're feeling. But think about what's going on with you right now if you're struggling. Is it a thought that you're having like, this is never going to be good and I'm not safe and I'm going to die. If that's the thought you're having, that's not a great thought. It might be your thought that needs just to change. It could be that you're, that you're not always aware of your thoughts, but you're definitely having feelings. Like I just feel unmotivated, apathetic, sad. If that's what's going on with your feelings, then you might, then what we, you want to do for any of these is you write down the thing that you're feeling the most. It's a feeling, a thought, or an action that you're doing. If your action is, I'm eating my way into oblivion, there's your action. Okay, once you isolate the action, I'm eating my way into oblivion, you need to go figure out then, what are you feeling and what are you thinking that's attached to that feeling? So you're essentially taking these three columns and you're playing with the variables in each one. The hardest part is to identify what is a thought, what is a feeling, and what is an action. And you can literally Google this if you need to learn more because it's really useful. And it's really useful if you want to use it with kids or partners or to clarify what's going on with the disagreement you're having. It could be that you both have different thoughts that are creating the same feeling that are having a bad outcome in actions or that people are acting and they're not thinking, and they're not even aware of their feelings. Like Americans are so good at being bad at this that we don't tune in we aren't introspective we don't pay attention to what's going on with ourselves and we just go out and we kind of spew everywhere we spew our feelings we spew our thoughts we spew these actions and they're not integrated and they're not purposeful and they end up being some of them are good but some of them end up being disasters because we're just not paying attention we're not operating in a thoughtful way so if you're feeling depressed, if you're feeling stuck, you're feeling unmotivated, it doesn't have to be so serious as depression, the kind of depression that needs medication or you need counseling. That's, this tool isn't gonna help that. that. That needs real help. I'm talking about this kind of situational depression or situational sadness that happens because our lives have been interrupted. Boy, have they. I can't even, I just was talking with the folks at HBO today about how we all were in court on March 9th and suddenly the next day, we were not. Everything changed overnight. That's how fast things changed. And if you haven't given yourself grace for just that, you owe it to yourself to give yourself some grace because that is a, a tremendous change. For, for many of us on the coast, for sure, we got the shelter in place order we sheltered. And we've been sheltering a long time. And we're barely eking our way back out there, but I'll tell you what, the numbers are up today. So not going to really race out there anytime soon because I really don't want to get sick. So what can you do? You think about your thoughts, your feelings, your actions. You take a chart and just make a column, draw it on a piece of paper. You're making three columns. You're going to start dropping in whatever you can recognize, whatever you can identify, and then go backwards or forwards, up or down, depending on what it is you need to isolate to start to create this shift. Because the shift that you want to create is the shift into thoughts that support you and provide positive feelings. You might have some sad feelings about something, a loss or a change, but also positive feelings. And then you wanna have productive actions. 
So if you are stuffing your face all day, you gotta find out what you are thinking. Like, I'm gonna die anyway, so this doesn't matter. That might be a thought that you have. You haven't even uncovered it, but you might unconsciously be thinking that. Or if you're eating all day because the thought is, I am so bored and I feel no sensation. I realize one of the things that's weird about being home all the time is it feels like we are in some weird sensory deprivation in an odd way because we don't have the outside um, contact. Sorry, there's my window, but we don't have contact the way we used to. So we have a weird sort of sensory deprivation. It may be that you're really out of touch with your feelings right now because of that sort of sensory deprivation so you could be eating because oh my god it makes you feel alive like there's something going on the taste is fantastic we've been doing a lot of sour candy around here it seems to be a thing that wakes us up so get to the bottom of it play with the pieces move things around in the columns try to understand and then start making changes so for a kid who's feeling like um my friends don't like me anymore oh that's a terrible thought and it's probably the wrong thought. The thought is, my friends might miss me. I wish I could talk to them. There might be a different way to change that thought that then would have a different kind of feeling. Because if you think your friends don't like you anymore, you're going to feel pretty sad. And then your action might be to just sit in your room and be blue. But if you could help your kid change that thought to, I wonder if my friends are thinking about me, then the feeling is, oh, I should try to find out. Maybe I'm going to write them a letter or send them a picture. That'd be something I could do. And then the action turns into doing the picture, right? You just changed your kid's point of view by helping that thought go from stinking thinking to something that seems more reasonable, especially since you got them to talk about it and you got to understand what's really behind the sad feelings or the blue feelings or whatever's going on with your kids or your partner or somebody else you're sharing space with can happen, can happen easily. So that's, that's the big um, message for today is to go in and take a look at these thoughts, feelings, and and actions. I've simplified it to death. You can go Google and read more about it. You can get the download the worksheet. You can get the wheel of feelings to understand what the different complexity of feelings and how they, and how to understand which ones are, how they, where they come from. That's what I love about the wheel. It starts at the center. And as you move out, you get something like sadness, but really it starts to refine sadness. So you can clarify, what does this sadness really mean? Is it, is it apathy or is it um, pain, like what is really going on? So the wheel is really useful. And then if this works for you, I want to hear from you. I want you to give me a, a, an email. You can comment and you can talk to me on Twitter. You can comment on my blog, but I'd love to hear if this works because it is it's not that difficult to do. It's that it's difficult to think about and it's difficult to be intentional and it's difficult to be aware. Those things are tough, but it's a really good tool and while I'm happy, it's a really important tool to share. And in the meantime, go look up Stephen Beschloss. I owe him for helping me have a great day and getting my feet back in the water and remembering I do want to learn. I do want to partner with amazing people who all want to create this positive change and create a positive world. And I am happy to have you join me on the journey. Please remember to subscribe. It helps me tremendously. And tell a friend about the Life Coach Pod. Thank you for joining me today. This was, uh, this was fun to do, and I hope that you're doing okay wherever you are. You're healthy and safe. Bye-bye, everybody.